Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and I'm thrilled to be with you again today. On this show, we provide episodes three days a week for now, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. And if and when baseball gets back underway, I do anticipate that the Lockdown Podcast Network will go back to daily shows Monday through Friday. So hopefully that doesn't take too long. We did have the commissioner making a public statement that he guaranteed there would be baseball in 2020. Uh, Just uh, two days ago, he made that statement. So we do expect baseball to return probably in July, which isn't talked about enough, maybe. I mean, we're we're probably only a little over a month away from having baseball. I believe the new target date is July 10th, so less than a month away. So we'll see. We'll continue to follow those negotiations. There's been some updates there, but the main story of the day is talking about the conclusion of the MLB draft, which was very short, just five rounds this year down from 40 in a you know twist because of the pandemic. And so the Giants had seven picks in the five rounds. They had two comp picks for losing Bumgarner and Smith to free agency. That uh, Those seven picks tied them with the Cardinals for the most of any team in the draft. And so it wrapped up yesterday. Round one, the Giants took Patrick Bailey, switch-hitting catcher, out of North Carolina State. And then with their remaining six picks yesterday, we'll just talk about them now. So in the second round, the Giants took third baseman slash right-handed pitcher Casey Schmidt out of San Diego State. Now, they drafted him as a third baseman. There's been a lot of talk, you know, that part of the reason they drafted him was because he could hit and pitch but they've been pretty clear and by they I mean president of baseball operations Farhan Zaidi and amateur scouting director Michael Holmes they've been clear that they drafted Schmidt as a third baseman so the write-up from Alex Pavlovich on NBC Sports Bay Area says Schmidt's a two-way player from San Diego State a good defensive third baseman who had a who hit 323 386 452 that would be the average OBP and slugging in the shortened season. Okay, well, I want to know the the bigger numbers, which I don't have pulled up like from his college career. But he also had six saves. He has a plus arm at third base, and he showed that on the mound. So the quote from Michael Holmes, and we have quotes from Holmes on all of these picks. Holmes says, we look at Casey as a plus defensive third baseman with a plus Possible double-plus arm. He can really throw. Top-of-the-scale type throwing arm and defense. We see him as a strong, physical, athletic player who can really control the zone. And that's going to be a theme here, controlling the zone. Right now, he's a real line-drive, gap-to-gap guy, but we think the power is going to come as he continues to mature, not only physically, but also as a hitter. That means developmentally. He's a guy that we're extremely excited about. So most publications didn't have Schmidt as high as number 49, but clearly the Giants are high on him. And I think it's it's honest, honestly a little funny when we, as fans and kind of casual observers, try to say that this was a bad pick or that was a good pick. It's based on like other people's rankings for the most part, and I think that teams have more information. And it's not just based on scouting. They're also using computer models 
So they have scouting and they have models and then they make their determination. And so they really like Schmidt and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I think the fact, you know, they said that he had, he can really control the zone and that's a theme with the hitters the Giants took in this draft. To me, that separates these hitters from the Giants picks of the previous regime because to my knowledge, they did not really emphasize plate discipline, drawing walks, making good swing decisions. They never once mentioned that term even as a priority in taking these hitters. But this regime, every single one of these hitters the Giants took has strong plate discipline, which gives the hitters a nice floor of offense to work with. If you can walk a lot and hit for some power, I mean, you don't really have to hit for a great average and you're a really quality offensive player. And the thing about Schmidt is he's also a really good defensive player. And I'm not saying they don't think he can hit well and that he just has to hit for power. They also like his hit tool. But the real standout tools for Schmidt are the defense at their base. And it's easy to think of Matt Chapman of the A's when you when you read about this profile. And Chapman, of course, was someone that Holmes had a part in drafting when he was with the A's. So the next player the Giants took was left-handed pitcher Nick Swinney out of North Carolina State, the same school that um, first-round pick Patrick Bailey comes from. And also the Giants have Will Wilson in their system after that savvy trade in December with the Angels where they basically bought Will Wilson by taking on Zach Cozart's contract. Will Wilson also went to North Carolina State. So really a heavy emphasis for the Giants here on North Carolina State. Three teammates now in the Giants system as soon as these guys sign, which I assume they all will. But anyway, he's a left-handed pitcher, and this was the comp pick they got for losing Madison Bumgarner. Holmes says of Swinney, he moved into that starting role at NC State this year and really flourished. So this is a really small sample, which was one of the challenges of this draft. They did not have a lot of data from this year to work with. So he's saying in the brief sample that Swinney went into a starter's role at NC State, he really flourished. And he continues saying, the great thing about him is he's not only left-handed, but we've seen him with a plus changeup. It's, I'm just going to say, I've watched video. The changeup is really good. Uh, Holmes says, we've seen him with a plus breaking ball, and we think there's velocity in there. His fastball characteristics will play in all quadrants of the strike zone, and he's got a competitive edge to him. We think he's going to be a real vital starting piece for us for a long time. They also mentioned that Swinney was under strong consideration at pick number 49. So they get him at 67 here. This was considered a pretty good pick based on like other people's rankings, which I think we take with a grain of salt uh, because these nobody's ever precise with their rankings of players in drafts. I mean, we constantly see the best player in the draft coming out of the second round and you know, great players coming out of the late round. So you just take it with a grain of salt, to be honest. But watching video of Swinney, I like what I see. I think the flat, the fastball plays up. It doesn't have a ton of velocity, but it seems to play up and hitters are late on it. And it does work up in the zone and it works in other parts of the zone as well. And then the changeup to me looks like his best pitch. And the slider has promise, slider, curveball, whatever it is, has a lot of promise as well. Apparently, these pitches played up better in the bullpen, so there were some questions about reliever or starter, but clearly the Giants 
are going to try to work him in as a starter. All right, so coming up in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about the Giants' three remaining picks in this in this draft and Michael Holmes, Giants' amateur scouting director, his comments about these players. But first, I want to talk about rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Again, why spend up to twice as much for the same auto parts and why risk going out there when you can buy the parts yourself, do it at home, have a, have a company come and do it for you with the parts that you bought yourself to save money? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Next, I want to talk to you again about Built Bar. Built Bar is a delicious tasting protein bar. It literally tastes like a candy bar. Built Bars are soft and easy to chew, unlike many other bars that are grainy and difficult to get down. Built Bar is a great choice for a health-conscious person like me because they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Just to give you an example, the peanut butter brownie flavor has 20 grams of protein, just 170 calories, and just 3 grams of sugar. To me, that's the big thing because I try to avoid sugar, and so getting being able to get 20 grams of protein with just three grams of sugar in a delicious tasting protein bar is unheard of. So that's why I'm confident that you'll love Built Bar. And if you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, as promised here in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about the remaining three players the Giants took in this short five-round 2020 uh, first-year player draft. So their next pick was the comp pick for losing Will Smith to the Braves in free agency. Giants had back-to-back picks here at 67 and 68. And they went with shortstop Jimmy Glowenke out of Dallas Baptist University. Holmes says Jimmy has been a constant performer at Dallas Baptist since the day he walked on campus. He can impact the baseball. He can drive the ball to all fields. Another guy who controls the zone really well and makes extremely good swing decisions. It's just like we should be lighting up when we see these phrases. I feel like we don't pay enough attention to that. It doesn't get factored enough into scouting reports. I'm a little bit, you know, I'm out of the loop. I'm not like... My focus is not always on amateur baseball and the draft, but I think we don't talk enough about what they're saying here. They keep repeating this line, and yet we don't hear it in our analysis as much as we should. He's another guy who controls the zone really well and makes extremely good swing decisions. That's something we never heard, especially swing decisions from the previous front office. It's not that they necessarily weren't focusing on that, but we never heard about it. And so... All their hitters, they say this about. Um, So Holmes continues about Glowenke. Defensively, he's a really solid infielder. He's going to be a really offensive infielder, a guy who can stay on the dirt, meaning the infield, and certainly be really productive on the offensive side. 
Anyway, with the next pick, which was their third round pick. So I, I think I misspoke a minute ago saying three more picks. The Giants had four more picks coming. So we just discussed one. So there are three left. Their third round pick probably was the most exciting for Giants fans following this draft uh, when they selected left-handed pitcher Kyle Harrison out of De La Salle High School in Concord, California. So a local kid, I believe he's from Danville. He's an 18-year-old lefty with big upside. Holmes says he pitched a lot of quality innings for Team USA. He's a guy that we've really seen his development over the last 8 to 10 months. We've seen his velocity improve. We've seen his breaking ball improve. He's been able to command the baseball to both sides of the plate. It's more of a three-quarter to low three-quarter slot with a little bit of a cross-body look, so it's a very deceptive delivery. Hitters have a tough time seeing the baseball. This kid is a smart kid on the mound. He's got tremendous feel. He's got good stuff, and he definitely is a really competitive kid that we got a chance to know really well. Visiting with him and his family, we had a definite comfort with him. So this is probably a guy to dream on here, left-handed pitcher, 18 years old, high school. So, you know, a long ways away, but the stuff is really good. It's incredible when you look at these high school pitchers and how good they are. They're confident they're going to be able to sign him. It's kind of a potential overslot situation where you take a guy who maybe could have gone earlier in the draft based on talent. You take him later in the draft and sign him to more money than the slot value of that pick. And it's kind of a strategy thing and something Giants fans are glad that they did eventually because guys like Glowenki are more underslot types of picks where they're not nece- they weren't necessarily expected to go so high. And so the Giants may be able to negotiate a contract for him under the slot value of the pick and then you use that savings on an overslot deal potentially like Kyle Harrison. So the next pick was the fourth round pick and the Giants took right-handed pitcher RJ Dabovich out of Arizona State University, a teammate of recent Giants draft pick last year, first round pick Hunter Bishop. Holmes says that Dabovich has got the ability to run his fastball up into the upper 90s and he complements it with a really good secondary mix. But the best way to describe him is he's just got a real power mix and he's able to fill, uh, to find the zone, strike zone with it. I think the one thing that describes him really well, too, is just his competitive nature on the field and on the mound. This guy really gets after it, and he's a guy that we've been drawn to, not just this year, but in years past. So coming in at number 114 overall, the Giants' uh, fifth round pick and their final pick of this draft, they took right-handed pitcher Ryan Murphy. Another another possible under-slot player. Holmes says the thing that he does really well is he really changes speeds. He really locates his fastball. He's very effective with his mix. He's a guy that our area scout, Ray Kalari, has been on for a while, and we got a chance to do a little work on him, even in a shortened season, which was great for us, especially for a Northeast kid at a Northeast school that battles a little bit of colder climate. With the ability to see him a couple times before the shutdown, we really think that he's only scratching the surface with his potential. So an interesting little sleeper pick there, right-handed pitcher Ryan Murphy in the fifth round. So that concludes the Giants' 2020 draft class. And now, I believe it's on Sunday at 9 a.m., 
probably Eastern time, teams can start to try to sign undrafted players for a maximum of $20,000. And so Giants have expressed that they'll there'll probably be a pretty heavy emphasis on local players. And they've tried to bring in some of their own current players into the recruiting process. And they're but they're not just going to focus on local players. They're going to try to be involved across the nation as well. But, you know, this is a situation this is a unique situation where these players for the most part are probably going to want to sign with their hometown team if they have the opportunity. So we shall see how that unfolds. It's going to be very interesting and certainly something we've never seen before. So all in all, the kind of consensus about the Giants 2020 draft was that it was conventional and they went with basically, you know, a safe route and players they thought was the were the best available players at the time. And the one exception to that could be Kyle Harrison in that it could be, you know, a nice little overslot deal where they save some money elsewhere and bring in the high upside high school lefty. But, you know, a lot of fans maybe wanted more excitement and pizzazz out of this draft. And, you know, they probably have good reason for that. But I tend to just think we can't really analyze drafts until at least three to five years afterwards. So I know that we want to do that and it's tempting to do that. But, you know, each and every year there are players that we didn't expect to turn out to be really good players who do. And there are players who we expected to be really good players who don't turn out to be really good players. So you just don't know with the draft. uh, There's something I put on Twitter that got a lot of attention uh, yesterday was the reactions when the Giants drafted Madison Bumgarner in 2007. And, you know, these fans on McCovey Chronicles in the comment section were just beside themselves with rage about how could the Giants have taken Bumgarner there were all these better players available and they named the players and they're, you know, we know today that these are not better players yet at the time, these are the players everybody thought the Giants should take based basically on other people's rankings. And I'm sure many people do their own rankings, but they're probably biased by other rankings as well. So to just completely do your own rankings without ever looking at anybody else's, I think those, if we're being honest, that probably they would not be um, as close to other people's rankings as they would be if we are reading those rankings. So teams are not paying attention to other people's rankings. They have enough information. They have a, you know, a team of scouts. They have video. They know the players personally. They've seen them in person. They have computer models that analyze their statistics and analyze the probability of what they're going to do at the major league level. So they have a lot more information than we do. So I'm going to trust these guys that they know what they're doing. They they have a strong track record, Farhan Zaidi and Michael Holmes. So time will tell. We shall see. And we'll be back with more Locked on Giants next week, probably talking back to talking about um, MLB and the MLBPA trying to agree to terms to start the 2020 season. So that wraps up this edition of Locked on Giants. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on MLB. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.